Well, Toby, we'd love to invite you up now and we'll pray for you before you uh, share the message with us. Loving God, thank you so much that you've brought him here this morning to share with us uh, a bit of his story of your work in his life, but also a message today from scripture. We thank you for him. We just ask that your Holy Spirit would be with him and be with us as we uh, get ready to receive your word today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Kat. Thank you very much. Well, it's an absolute um, privilege to be here this morning. Um, as Kat uh, said, that uh, I'm uh, I'm work for the BUV. I'm the head of mission catalyst, uh, and I've only been there for about six months. And uh, last year I got ordained. So so Kat and I sort of know each other a little bit through the sort of ordination process. So just a few months ahead, I think. Uh, f- from you, so I've just been be nice to me, please. I've just I have literally just got ordained last year, so I'm still got my L plates on. Um, Yo, thank you. So that's very kind of you. Um, and, and so basically, um, I would just wanted to share a few stories, a story of second chance. There's a little bit of feedback there. I don't know if that's can anybody else hear that. Um, I don't know if that's me or if that's the mic, but. Um, I, I want to share a little bit of my story to start with. I hope that's okay, because um, there was a second chance. Um, so I'm gonna, but before I do that, I just wanted to mention that um, I've, just, I've published a book with this friend of mine called Mark Matthews called Ordinary Mentoring for Extraordinary Transformation. And if you are interested in, in, in a copy of that, then I'd love to see you afterwards. Now, are there any sailors in the room? Anybody, any sailors, I think... Fantastic. One or two. And John at the back. I've met John already. He sailed a Jubilee class out of um, Sac- uh, Sacramento, or um, one of the um, uh, one of the posher yacht clubs. Now, um, I come from Warneet. Who's heard of Warneet? Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Wonderful. Well, I moved to Warneet five, six years ago, and um, I like meeting people. I've, I'm sort of slightly extrovert and I do enjoy meeting people it's actually quite important if you're you know perhaps involved in mission it's actually quite important that you get on with people and so um, I, I, I met the the general manager of the Warneach store his name's Chris he's become a very good friend and I and I started chatting to him and I said well where do I meet people in Warneat I want to meet people in Warneat and he said the place to meet people in Warneat is the Warneat Motor Yacht Club and he gave me the Commodore's number. So for, for the sailing, the people will know this. The head of a yacht club is called a Commodore. And so uh, and I rang up Commodore, the Commodore Cam, and he, he, said, he said, I said, are you the Commodore? He said, yes. I said, um, you know, I'd love to get to know the yacht club a little bit. Can I, can I come down and meet? He said, come down Friday night. Come down on Friday night, and we will, we will um, we'll have a few drinks together. So that Friday night, I went down, and sure enough, he said, here's a beer. It's the only beer I'll buy you, but here's a beer because you're new. Um, would you like to join the yacht club? And I said, yeah, I'd like to job. I, I, there's only paperwork. He said, don't worry about that, mate. Just pay your subs over the bar. <laughs> so I paid my subs over the bar. And I noticed as the evening went on that evening that things were getting quite lively. And about 10, 30, uh, 11 o'clock, this group came in from the Touradin Sports Club. I, I now know a little bit about the Tourist Sports Club, but that's a whole other matter. And, and, and this group came in, and this woman came up to me. She goes, she goes, are you new? I said, yes, I've just joined tonight. She said, brilliant, we're going to arm wrestle. 
And so, uh, well, you know, back in the day, I used to play rugby. Um, I went to the Wallabies. Unfortunately, Wallabies, we lost last night quite badly. I went last night with my two boys. And we got, uh, and, but, so I like to think, though, I played rugby. I'm reasonably strong. So Joe and I got down on a table, and uh, we started arm I mean, proper arm wrestling. She said, no, you, you know, you've got to hold this hand. You've got to hold my... And we'll start arm wrestling. And, um, and, I, I, and she immediately went strained, and I, my arm went bang, straight into the, into the table. And she said, welcome to Warney Murray Yacht Club. <laughs> so I thought, and I, and I wonder, John, I wonder if, if there are any members of, over this way. So I wonder maybe at Brighton Yacht Club <laughs> or, or, or uh, Sandringham Yacht Club. I wonder if they do arm wrestling <laughs> to orientate new members. I suspect, I suspect not. Um, but that's Warney Murray Yacht Club. And then the, the Commodore, he rang me up. He said, he said uh, I've been stalking you on Facebook. I said, okay. Um, he said, are you like a priest? And I said, well, I've, I'm just about to be ordained, hopefully, as a Baptist pastor. He said, that'll do, that'll do, that'll do. He's, I said, well, why? I said, he said, well, like, we need somebody to come and bless the fleet. <laughs> I mean, I, some of you might know about this, but there's a thing. There's a thing. There's a thing. Some a few nods in the room. There's a thing, blessing the fleet. So, but I hadn't got a clue. I mean, I hadn't even finished my ordination. Uh, they hadn't got on to blessing. We haven't done blessing fleet. No, we haven't covered. I mean, you know, well, I'll talk to the BEV about that. Um, but you can Google. I mean, you know, you can Google blessing, prayer, fleet, sailing. And sure enough, there's a, there's a prayer. So I thought, oh, very nice, easy. Google's fantastic, isn't it? And so I, I get, I, I arrive, I put a blazer on. We're, we're more singlets and thongs, but I put a blazer on. And sure enough, there was the MP. Um, I've got a picture of the yacht club here, actually. There we go. That's me. That's uh, Charlie and his carton draft. Charlie on the left. And that's the yacht club. You know, we're pretty lively, pretty social. And out there, out there, I turn up, I put my blazer up. There's the, there's the councillor, there's the, the Bendigo Bank rep, there's the, the MP, federal MP. They're there, they're out on the deck. And I'm getting ready with my Google prayer to stand up and bless the fleet. Because I asked the Commodore, I said, how many yachts have we got? He said, well, we've got 11 yachts. So you've probably, probably got a few more down here. But, and they were out there. You couldn't, you can, they were out there at the end of the jetty with their little flags of flying. It was a lovely scene, lovely scene. Little flags are flying. And uh, I'm about to get up. But this member comes up to me. <clears throat> and he grabs me. He grabs me on my lapel. He drags me. He, he said, I need a word. I need a word. I said... I said, I'm just about to get out and do the, the blessing. He said, no, 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 I want you to bless my boat. I said, well, I'm going to bless them all. He said, well, you don't understand. Two years ago, we had the Anglican priest come down, and one of the members went up to him, and he was very rude. And he went up to the priest, and he said, I'm an atheist. I don't want you to bless my boat. So the Anglican priest said, oh, no, no, I'll try and avoid your boat. <laughs> In the blessing, it's in, in the blessing. Uh, but it, and this, this old boy, he, he grabs me, he pulls me over. He said, he said, he said, but do you see out there on the estuary? That very same day, down went his boat <laughs> and sank. And he was seen holding the mast as he went down into the waters. And we had to launch the rescue boat. So please, please. 
please bless my boat. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, well, bless, bless your boat. You may think, well, Toby, is that a true story? Well, I now know. I mean, I, I now know the, um, the Anglican priest. He's, he's, he's become a friend. He's the guy. Um, uh, he's actually not in that photograph. Uh, but that's, but, but that, he's not in that photograph. But uh, he, he's, he's, a good, he's become a good friend, and he's one of our co-leaders, actually, of the Coastal Villages Faith Community. And we run a microchurch, a very small church in the Yacht Club. And we've got to know the Yacht Club. And we've got to... Uh, engage with the people there and uh, we run that in Turin, in Warneet, Blind Bike, Canners Creek uh, uh, and Pierce Dale and, we, um, and, we, and we, we're, we're passionate about um, mission in those communities. So you may say, <clears throat> well Toby, how did you get here? How did I, you know, t- telling stories at a church like this and this theme that Katz mentioned of a second chance. I just wanted to just touch on, and forgive me, indulge me, as I just explain my story a little bit, because there was a big second chance in my story. My, my parents are Christians. My uncle was a minister, Anglican minister in England, back in England, and he was a big influence <clears throat> in my life. I'm now involved in, in mentoring and my uncle Nin, as I used to call him, he was an Anglican minister, um, and he had a big influence on my life. And um, so, when I so when when I was twelve, thirteen, I got confirmed in the Anglican faith. I'd been baptized as a child, as an Anglican, Church of England baptized. Um, and when I was thirteen, I had a faith experience, and I went forward to be to be baptized, uh, to be confirmed. In the, church, in, in the church, and I had a glimmer of faith, I believe, at that stage. But something happened to me between the ages of 13 and 23, where I went uh, almost immediately after that confirmation far, far away from God. So what that looked like is, without, without too much detail, a hedonistic lifestyle that I was... Uh, addicted to um, serial relationships with women. I was tr- experimenting in drugs. By the, I went to private school. By the end of private school, I was expend- ex- experimenting in drugs. I was on hedonistic highs. I did play a lot of rugby, but with that, a lot of, lot of alcohol. And I won't go into too much detail. But I, 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 I did graduate <coughs> from university just. My, a lot of my friends actually dropped out because of drink, drinking and um, uh, the lifestyle. But I did manage to get a job with a firm called Knight Frank um, as a, as a in property. My goal in life, nothing wrong with the girls as such, was to make a lot of money. Yeah, I was really my goal. My purpose in life was to make a lot of money. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, but I was doing it the wrong way. My integrity, I would take corners. I was very, very competitive. I would jump and take... My ethics were probably shot away. And, and uh, so I joined this job. I joined this firm. But within about two years, they were p- making people redundant. I was on a graduate program. They were making people redundant. And, um, and I was also... <clears throat> so I was really worried about that. I was getting more anxious about that. And also I was in a relationship with this woman that wasn't helpful. In fact, I was... You know, two-timing her. I was far away from God. 
um, <clears throat> I found uh, on the staff board at Knight Franklin in their, in their head office, I saw a posting for Botswana. They had an office in Botswana. And I thought, brilliant, I'll take this posting because A, I can avoid redundancy, and B, I can run away from this woman, my girlfriend, who I didn't really know how to sort of finish things with. I mean, I'm, you know, moral strength wasn't perhaps a strong point that that uh, moral courage wasn't great. I ran away, ran away to Africa, brilliant, I can get away to Africa. So I end up in Africa, and uh, I'm about um, <clears throat> 22 at this time, 21, 22, uh, and I, but I find myself all washed up. My life is washed up. I was depressed. The job wasn't quite what it was. I thought it would be. It was challenging. And I found myself one day in my corporate company bungalow with all the trimmings. I had a company car for a young 20-year-old, 20, you know, young person, you know, young adult. That was great. I had a car. I had a good salary. But I, I was miserable. And I found myself on my knees one day saying, God, I've stuffed up, haven't I? I'm really sorry I've stuffed up. I remember you when I was 13. I've stuffed up. Please come back into my life. And these little bubbles bubbled up in me. I wouldn't have been able to articulate it, but I was probably, I think I was filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit at that point. I wouldn't have been able to articulate that. Uh, but God gave me a second chance at that point. And, and I remembered my uncle, my uncle, my minister, my uncle who was an Anglican minister, I rang him up and said, I think I'm having this weird faith thing. And he said, look, just talk it through with me. I'll pray for you. And, and, and I, I said, what should I do? He said, well, you probably should find a church. So I found a church, it happened to be a Baptist church, um, which was great for my late, later calling. Um, um, so I, I, I went to this Baptist church. It was a very lively Baptist church. A lot of Africans, a lot of Americans, uh, British missionaries, um, people working in Botswana. Quite a thriving economy, actually, Botswana. And uh, I found myself immersed and being discipled by this guy, Jeremy, who lived near, near me. And I got baptized, uh, which was great. And I felt... God, you know, I was on a journey again, and it was a beautiful thing, a journey of joy. And, and uh, one day, um, <clears throat> there, was this, there was this lovely American woman who's about my same age as me, and, um, I, and I, sort of, I, was, I wanted to ask her out for a date, but I was a bit nervous to do with my background. I didn't want to do that. But one day, it was a church about the same size as this, in the foyer, she comes over to me, and she says, Toby, do you want a, she had American, Toby, do you want a coffee? That's my uh, American accent. Um, and she, and, and I, I, said, I said, yeah, thank you very much. He, she said, <clears throat> Toby, we're looking for some more males to work with the street children. Now, just pause. Um, I'd come from a private school background, and I'd gone to university, and I had a sort of you know, middle-class upbringing. I, had, I hadn't, frankly, got a compassionate bone in my body. Uh, but she was rather attractive. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, oh, yes, I've always been interested in doing that sort of thing. <laughs> now, even then, I'm now ordained, but even then, I, you know, lying in church, not really recommended, is it? Um, but 
God's forgiving, and I followed her down. But I, and I started working with these children, these street kids. Who did I find amongst these street children? I found Jesus. Because Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these, you do unto me. So I was, I was handing out blankets and doing, doing very much. I didn't have a, and food. But I found encountered Jesus. And I found a calling, a second chance. No longer money. No, that's okay to please. You know, it's okay. But for me, no, that wasn't right. That wasn't the right calling. Uh, I, and he said, I want you to, 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 to join in with me, God, and with others to see people in tough places flourish. And that was, became my purpose. So when I went back to England, I worked in the night, night shelters, I worked, and then I got retrained as a, as a, a, as a social worker in, and worked in juvenile justice and came out to Australia uh, about uh, 25 years, 23 years ago, 24 years ago. And I've been on a journey ever since. So that, that's, my, my, my little, that's my second chance. And that is how, and I've been, you know, followed that. I've been involved in setting up mentoring programs uh, across Australia and the UK and New Zealand. Uh, and I've been involved in uh, church planting with people on the margins through a, 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 uh, an approach called Empowered Faith Communities. And there are 41 of those. And it's been a wonderful journey. <laughs> Because God gave me a second chance. And he can give it each of us, hey, a second chance. He is the God of a second chance. So that was just a little bit about my story. And, and why I'm here is why... why and, and so I've joined the BUV and the Mission Catalyst because I'm passionate about mission. And I want to just talk to you a little bit about mission and a little bit about a few ideas around mission and what, how we can do mission in, in our communities, in our neighbourhoods. A little bit about evangelism. Now, that's a, a funny word, isn't it? But, and, and we're not strong in the BUV on evangelism. In fact, last year, only 11% of our churches felt they're confident in evangelism. Now, to me, all evangelism is just being, being and bringing the good news to our friends and neighbours, okay? Being and bringing... So that's just a simple definition of evangelism. Uh, so it's, 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 it's uh, it, that just want to unpack that. So the, B, the, B, the BV's vision, <clears throat> our vision uh, collectively as a union of, of churches to, is, to, is to, we are a union of flourishing churches um, who, uh, <clears throat> with Christ-like followers that redeem society. That's the vision. That's the vision. I'm going to focus in on Christ-like followers. How to become a Christ-like follower? Because we need to think about Christ-like. How to become disciples? Now, what's wrong with this car? Everything. Well, we have, for a start, it hasn't got an engine. Yeah, it's not going to get very far down the road. Um, uh, basically, if we want to think about mission, we need to have an engine, and the engine. Is called discipleship, and I want to just share like what what we mean by discipleship or Christ-like followers. I'm going to use that those phrases. Um, I'm going to jump between those phrases. Bishop Duckworth, just when I was in the UK, just 
couple of uh, weeks ago, a month ago, Bishop Duckworth, when asked by Bishop Rick Thorpe at this Anglican Church Multiplication Conference, he's, he, 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 Bishop Rick asked this question, what is God saying to the Western Church? Uh, Bishop uh, Justin Duckworth, I don't know if you know him, he's a Kiwi, he's, he's sometimes called the Barefoot Bishop uh, from Wellington, and uh, he said, uh, number one is to have a radical disciple-making engine. Okay, so, so I'm going to just think, we're just going to think about Christ-like followers. So a Christ-like follower or a disciple is, is someone who follows the words, the ways, and the works of Jesus. Yeah, so just sometimes it's good for us to have, now that you can, you know, can look up sort of Dallas Willard and all those sorts of people, and you can come up with a more sophisticated probably definition that but I like that because it's simple and therefore memorable and it's helpful to be memorable as if we're going to think about developing a culture of discipleship in our church words ways and works of Jesus is 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 something that's nice and easy to remember um okay so how are we going to become and grow in our discipleship Many of us here are following, many of us followers of Jesus for many, many years. But how are we going to grow that and develop that? Um, and um, I wanted just to start with this, this text from Luke 10. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. That word, that word distraction. My dear daughter, my daughter's 23. And she said to me uh, six, six, seven months ago, she said, Dad, I'm referring you to a psychiatrist. I, I thought I said, yeah. What happens to respect your elders, respect your mother and father? I'm referring you to a psychiatrist. And sure enough, I went to see a psychiatrist, and he said, "Well, I'm terribly sorry, but you've got ADHD. You're a very distracted person." And so I rather relate to Martha because she was distracted, and I find myself often distracted. I don't know about anybody else, uh, but I relate to Martha. But she was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. Uh, But Jesus said to them, Martha, 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 the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. That's often me. I get a bit bit anxious about life sometimes. A bit distracted. We live in a distracted world generation, hey? But anxious, worried. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So what was Mary doing that was better than Martha? Well, she was engaged in a slow-down spirituality that prioritizes being overdoing being with jesus overdoing now i like doing things i'm so people say well you know i you toby somebody who likes to engage and do things i want to see things grow but i'm learning that actually it's better to be with jesus than do for jesus we, and so we need to slow down. We need to slow down. Um, um, another image from another from the from Warneet. I quite I like my community in Warneet, as you can probably tell. Uh, we have a lot of mangroves. We're very proud of our mangroves. They're the most southern they're southernmost mangroves in the world, and they are just an ecological um, 
place for fish, for, for birds to, to grow in, uh, and in safety, in protected from the mangroves. And they've got incredible roots. So twice a day, as you know, uh, the tide comes in, the tide goes out. The mangroves, because of their roots, stay strong. Storms come, they stay strong. And, and so, uh, so for us, we need to stay strong in life. It's, life is tough. Life's tough on occasion. Uh, and so, uh, like the mangroves, we need to, the mangroves roots, we need to put our roots in with God, down deep with God. So how do we do that? The way we do that is this idea of contemplation, of being with God. It's a contemplation, not a sort of logical, necessary thing. It's it's not it's more it's not maths. It's more sort of jazz. It's 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 not it's more stargazing than um, astronomy, if that makes sense. But it's it's a being, it's slowing down and being with God. And and, and Teresa of Avila, this this famous nun, uh, she said, contemplative prayer. It's the prayer of quiet and nothing else other than intimate sharing between friends. So just encouragement to you. And I'm trying to do this a little bit more. It's just slowing down, have some silence and stillness. Now, for me, actually, the stillness is actually a stillness in the mind, my mind. I'm quite often walking. I'm quite often walking or jogging even. But my mind is still and I'm trying to be silent and, and having a chat with a friend, God. And that's really all that contemplation is. And sometimes you feel that God might be speaking back to you. And sometimes you might, you might I, sometimes on a jog, oh, you know, I've done one kilometer without, because, without thinking about it, because God's spoken to me and, and, and I've sort of lost, lost myself in God a little bit. So that's just about being with God. And it's about being still and knowing that I am God. Psalm 46, verse 10. So one of the ways I do this is I might just be repeating a little verse, this verse to me, or part of the verse, be still and know that I'm God. As I'm jogging along or by myself, just a little repeat, and then sometimes I lose myself in God and find I'm, I'm just, just, just hanging out with God, which is a lovely thing. And something I think we all need to do a bit more. I need to be because I've got ADHD. <laughs> and I need to do that a bit more. So, um, uh, so, so, so being with Jesus is silence and solitude, reflecting on our emotions. That's the other side of it. You know, what am I, what's bubbling up? Am I feeling anxious this morning? Am I feeling sad? Am I feeling happy, joyful? Um, but just thinking about our emotions uh, and offering those to uh, a friend, you know, God, I'm feeling a bit sad this morning. Or God, yeah, it's, it's, I had a great day. I had a fantastic night out with the boys last night. I had a great time at the rugby. Oh, celebrate that with you, God. But getting into rhythm to do that as a follower of Jesus, following his ways, that's one way we can do it. Um, so, Christ-like followers, we are being, we're trying to, we're being, everybody can everybody say being. Being brilliant, fantastic. So, being, we're going to talk about being, being, we're going to talk about bold Christ like followers, bold disciples, and the B is being. <clears throat> now, um, I'm just going to get this board up here. 
Uh, I, my dear wife, uh, we are, well, we are both foster carers. So I don't know if there are any foster carers here. But um, uh, I, to be, to be honest, I'm, uh, <coughs> until a few years ago, I really dragged the chain when it came to foster caring. I mean, my dear wife, she's an intensive family uh, social worker. And, and, and so quite often I come home and I'm, I can hear something. I'm, are, there any, are there any children? I mean, she, are there any, any new children, new additions to the family? And I'm looking for them. I can sort of hear them. And she, she said, yes, we've got three foster children for the weekend. And that's great. And uh, we've fostered many, many children. But two or a few years ago, to be honest, I dragged the chain. I wasn't a very good foster carer. I mean, you know, compassion so inconvenient, isn't it? Um, and so I really, so one day <clears throat> we've got these two little foster girls, these foster kids. I call them Gemma and um, Kylie. And, um, and I'm, in, I'm hiding in my office. And, and I'm watching a, a, a Netflix in my office. Uh, I'm watching a show called um, Vikings. Actually, not, not probably recommended, but actually quite sort of semi-historical. Let's, let's look. And, uh, but I, I hear... I, I hear, I hear, I hear on my office door, I hear this little tap. Can everybody hear that little, little knock? It's even gentle, gentle knock. And I, I, I open the door, I open the door, and there's Kylie, four-year-old. She says, Toby, will you come out and play with me in the garden? I said, no, the Vikings are about to storm Paris. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't say that, I didn't say that. But I, I actually stopped, and I said, I just stopped in the moment. And I thought, I thought, is this, Ky- is this Kylie talking to me? Yes, it's Kylie talking to me. But is this also God talking to me? Um, in, in, is this God speaking to me right in that moment? And I felt, yeah, it's this God. This is something God's talking to me, and he's, he's calling me to repent. And to turn around. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The good news for me and Carly that morning was, was for me to leave my Netflix show and go out into the garden and have a good time with her, her and for me and with her sister Gemma and have fun playing in the sun. That was the good news. Uh, the word that Jesus is used here is time, for time, is kairos. Yeah, actually, I, did, I studied at my school, so Greek, I got thrown out of my Greek class at 13. Um, but sometimes a, a Greek word's helpful. Kairos means a moment in time, means a moment in time when uh, 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 something happens. So kairos um, is a moment in time. Kronos... Kronos is the journey of time. But that moment in time with that little knocking, that was a moment in time where, G- where God was saying to me, Jesus was saying to me, was to repent and believe good news, the good news. Now, we're not, for me, that was probably a sin. It doesn't have to be sin, though. It was actually, wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't sin. It was something I was doing wrong, really. But it wasn't probably 
out there. But I was convicted. I was doing, I was dragging the chain. wasn't being what God intended to me, me to be. So what was going to, this is quite helpful. This moment in time where God speaks to us is, is, is really important. Uh, if we're thinking about our walk with Jesus, our discipleship, is, are, you, are you hearing God and you, are you noting those kairos moments, the moment in time when God speaks to you? Because yeah? sometimes what happens for me and many of us is that we miss these moments or we forget these moments. We either miss them altogether or we forget them. And God can speak to us through four-year-olds. Where else can he, how else can he speak to us? He can speak to us through scripture, in our prayers. Thank you for the lovely prayers. He can speak to us through creation, all sorts of ways. But we sometimes miss it. So it's important for us to actually remember in our walk as, as disciples to, rem- to observe what's going on. First, okay, a little knock on the door. To reflect... Is this Kylie? Yes, it's Kylie, but it's also God. What's going on here? Oh, I've been dragging the chain in my fostering. I have not supported Laura, my wife, as I should have been. So, yeah, that was something I was doing wrong. Um, but, but, uh, and, and, and then I discuss, I discuss that. It's good to discuss that with someone. So if you're in a, a small group or a life group, it's good to discuss that. Oh, yeah, I think God's speaking to me about this issue. So I, t- I did discuss it with Laura. She said, yes, get on with it. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but, but it is important. And then to think, okay, okay, what am I going to do? I want to move across to, to the good news. I want to move to the better future. I'm going I'm um, to be a bit accountable. I'm going to put a plan together. Okay, so the next time, just simple plan. So the next time the girls come over, I'm going to go... We had all this play equipment, wasn't it all this, we were in a rental, we had all this play equipment, and so I'm going to clean the possum poo off of the play equipment, I'm going to lay out all the play equipment they like. I'm going to plan, so that's a simple plan. And then next time they come over, I'm going to act differently. I'm going to, and sure, when they came the, a couple of weeks later, I was a different foster carer. I was like on top of the game. Yeah, and it was better for me, and it was better for them. That was the good news in that situation. So all we need to be in terms of evangelism often is just to be the good news. I was being, rather than a grumpy guy hiding away, I, was, I actually became good news to them. I was being good news, and that's you know part, that's key part of evangelism. That, that's, you know, it's, it's, that's half of it is just being the good news. So so what happens? So what happens? So you know, as we go round, if we do this more and more, what happens to us? Well, as we, do you remember, as we go round, we do this more, we, might, we, 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 we know God speaking to us, and we, 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 we observe, we reflect, we discuss, we plan, we act. We, what go, what's happening? Do you remember those, those 1980s sort of slinky toys that you'd have, the little springs that would go down the steps? You know, that's how, my slinky. You become, who do you become more like? You become... The big word for that, I think, is sanctification. Your chronos, your journey over time, goes upwards. Yeah, goes upwards, and we become a bit more like Jesus. So, so as well, I've lost my clicker. Here it is. As well as 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 being with Jesus, we need to actually 
obey Jesus. So everybody's Christ-like followers. We need to be obeying. Everybody's saying obeying. Okay? So be, uh, being, obeying. Lastly, uh, so thirdly, um, this is my neighbor, Patrick. Patrick lives four doors down from me. Yeah? He's struggling. He's lived in Warnick for 27 years. Struggling with anxiety. He's, very, he's open. I've got consent to share this story. He's struggling with anxiety. He has no contact with his children. They've cut him off. He, uh, at one point, I hate my neighbors. They hate me. Uh, but but uh, I felt, I felt, I saw him used to walk up and down in front of my house. I felt God saying, go and talk to Patrick. This is five years ago, four or five years ago after. And I've got to know Patrick really well. So I asked Patrick, I said, Patrick, I said, Patrick, what, what, what do you, what's your name? Where do you live? <clears throat> what do you enjoy doing with your life? He said, I, love, I like landscaping. Come and see my garden. So I went to his garden, saw his garden. And I said, oh, brilliant. I'm, not, I'm, I'm really rubbish at gardening and landscaping. Would you come and help me? Come and give me some advice. He said, yeah, I'll do more of that. I'll come and help. So he came down, and this is his agapanthus. He brought down some agapanthus and aca plants and because he loved it. And, he, and I said, thank you, mate. He, you know, and he, he, he started helping develop our garden. After a little while, I said, where, 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 where's the inspiration for your gardening? He said, uh, Las Vegas. And my wife said, darling, darling, I don't want our garden to look like Las Vegas. <laughs> so I said, what else are you into? He said, oh, I like uh, playing the guitar. I've got 17 guitars back in my home. And I've got Gibson. I'm not a guitar, but if anybody, I like Gibsons. And I said, well, I'm not a guitar player, but I know somebody who is. This mate of mine, Steve, uh, Steve Lahr, said, I'll invite Steve and his wife down. I'll put on a barbecue. I'll put on a sausage for you, and you can jam. Bring one of the, I haven't played them for years. Don't worry, Steve's a lovely guy. And they started to spend the whole afternoon jamming, you know, playing the guitar. And he's really, really good. So I ring up my Commodore mate. Um, I said, look, what are we doing Friday night? Why don't we have, I've got this guy, Patrick. Uh, he's a bit lonely. He used to play live. Uh, would you give him an opportunity Friday night to come play live? Well, Patrick, Patrick now plays live at those Friday night drinks at the Yacht Club. He stays on. I leave, I've, I've learned to leave about at 10 o'clock. <laughs> Uh, but he'll push on until two, but he's playing, he's, uh, uh, he's playing until two, and he loves it. And, and, and what, what Patrick's done, what Patrick's done, there, there he is now. That's him. You know, different, looks a different guy. And, and he said, I'm thinking about Toby. I said, what else do you want to do? I said, he said, I want, I want to set up a, a tutor group for people to learn guitar and warneet. So I said, well, mate, you are already... You are the guitar man of Warneet. He said, that's a good name for my group. He said, so the Facebook page, I've got 37 likes, Toby, on my Facebook page. And I've got 12, 13 people um, in my group. And, and, uh, and, and now, just, just recently, he's written a song, and his group are, uh, are going live with his song at a, at a, uh, in the community. And so he's gone, he's gone, he's gone from loving my neighbor... What loving our neighbors does, it creates potential for p- people to become agents of positive change in, 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 in their world. Now, uh, Patrick, for many months, has come along as a Buddhist, come along to our faith community in the, in the yacht club there. And he's, he's invited more people than my so-called Christian, so more my Anglican minister chum. He has become a person of peace to me.
Um, so, loving our neighbour, pretty important. Part of God's great commandment. How do we do it? You can do this. You can do this in Bentley. You can do this here. You can do this in your street. Become the pastor of your street through loving your neighbour. Prayer walk your street. Notice more. I noticed he was lonely. Be interruptible. I mean, I'm not very good at that. I'm so important. I'm, you know, head of the Baptist, uh, mission, mission, mission. Rubbish. Jesus was always interrupted. So be interruptible. Use a conversation stack. Haven't got time to unpack that, but what's your name? Where do you live? Who do you live with? What do you like doing? Acceptance before change is our simple definition of grace. So, so dear Patrick, he will come into the, he will come into our little service, and he will have a few, how can I put it, conspiracy theories. But we just learned to just accept that, you know, he's not there. Show care. Look for people of peace. People of peace. Patrick is a person of peace to me. A person of peace is somebody who likes you. Again, simple. Uh, Luke 10. Somebody who likes you, listens to you, serves you, and you serve them. Okay, person of peace. Likes you, listens to you. So he, he, he seems to like me. He's certainly been serving me. Uh, he listens to me. He helps me. And I help him. And I'm being trying to be the good news and share now because I've got that trust. I've been reading the Bible every week pretty much, every fortnight pretty much with Patrick and I'm sharing the good news with him. Um, so we cannot do great things. Mother Teresa, we cannot do great things but we can do small things with great love. So in your street, are you loving, are you as a disciple of the follower of Jesus, it's Christ-like to love your neighbour. But do you do you know them? You know, we have the biggest houses in, in the world, in Australia, and sometimes it's hard in a, some middle class to get to know our neighbour, but this is our, we're, we're not, it's, not a, it's, not, it's not an optional extra for a, for a follower of Jesus. We're commanded to love our neighbour. Maybe at work, or maybe if you're in a, Yacht Club, are you loving, are you being and bringing the good news into your neighbours? So, um, Christ-like followers, loving. Everybody say loving. Okay, we're on the home stretch now. Um, uh, So, last but not least, we're going to be talking about making disciples. You know, in ours, in in the Western world, not just ours, UK, where I've just been, um, the church is in decline. The traditional church is in decline. Denominations are in decline. Um, the church, therefore, needs to find ways who make disciples, who make disciples. And, and, and of course, uh, Jesus said, uh, his pass, parting remarks to the disciples was, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Son, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And, and so... The way, the way, the simple way to do this is to, to love our neighbours, find, identify who is a person of peace. Now, the Commodore, I mentioned the Commodore, so bless him, he, 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 I thought he was a person of peace to me, but he, he likes me, he serves me, he's helped me with my boat, I'm not, I've, I've got back into sailing, 
and he's really been fantastic, but he doesn't listen to me. He just doesn't listen to me, which is fine. But so he probably isn't a person of peace. Patrick is a person of peace. And all we need to do, I mean, sorry, just to keep it, my challenge to you is identify a person of peace in your street. It takes a bit of time. And just be and bring, share the good news. Because that person, Patrick, like me, deserves a second chance. And we have something special. Uh, and his name's Jesus. Uh, and, and it's nothing more but nothing less than being and bringing the good news. So um, <clears throat> Christ like disciples are about, about making. About making. Everybody say making. So there's my acronym doesn't quite work but go with it bold we need to be bold disciples being obeying loving disciples who make disciples thank you for for listening can i pray for you as 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 we hand back over uh if you want to chat i'd love to chat with you afterwards and if you want to discuss if you think or you need a second chance i i'm sure a cat or I would love to talk to you. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, 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 but I'm, I'll be at the back. I've got, uh, if, you want, if you're interested in a book, then I'd love to talk to you about the book. But there's no pressure. Uh, it's, um, uh, we can talk more about that. But maybe, uh, is the next step perhaps the band coming up? or Fantastic. What? So please do, 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 if the band wants to come up uh, or come out, then I will perhaps pray as you start worshiping, as we start worshiping. Is that okay? Lord Jesus, I thank you personally, Lord, that you gave me in 1990 a second chance. And that, Lord, um, uh, you were calling me, and I think calling all of us as followers of Jesus, to become more like you, to be with you in silence and stillness, to be with you, Lord. Lord, help us to obey you, Jesus. We want to hear your voice. We want to obey you. And Lord, we do want to do mission. We want to step out into, into a broken world. We've been praying already today. That, you know, there's so many distractions. There's so many issues in our world today. So we want to step out. Just, to, just maybe starts with our neighbor, our street. And we want to love our neighbors. Help us to love our neighbors, Lord. And lastly, we, we, we just think about Okay, you know, it's not just about our chance, not just about me, but it's about other people's chance, other people's chance to hear you, to, for you are sovereign Lord, and, and to, and, but you can, you're also our friend, and you also can draw alongside people who are, are broken. I was broken, but I had a second chance, and therefore I want to, we want to, share your good news with others. So help us as we think about how to make 
disciples, who go on perhaps to make other disciples. And so, Lord, help us to be the good news into our community, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.